There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of January 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Bookmark all the sites you see up there, the alternate sites for future use, because sometimes the big ones go down. And if you have them bookmarked, you can pull them up for the latest shows when they do go down at the top. There's CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. There's .net, .us, .ca. There's Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca. There's cuttingthrough.jenkness.com and there's Alan Watt sentinel.eu The Sentinel site, the European site, has all the same audios for download, but you've got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given over the years, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe. Download and print them up and pass them around to your friends. And this is the tin can minutes where I, I rattle a tin can and remind you that you bring me to you, you're the audience, you'll find that I'm probably the only person out there who doesn't get paid directly or indirectly uh, through advertising and so on for this program. So it's up to you to keep me going. The ad you hear on this show goes straight by the advertisers to RBN to pay for this airtime and to pay for RBN staff and their bills and equipment and all the rest of it, stuff that we all have to deal with, but you know how expensive it is, and especially in the radio station where you're dealing with uh, satellite broadcasting as well. So it's up to you to keep me going. You can do so by going into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You can send personal checks from the U.S. to Canada to purchase the books, CDs, DVDs, or you can donate through them as well. You can use international postal money orders from the U.S. to Canada, Got to stress, though, it's international before you leave the post office. And you can use, as I say, PayPal for purchasing or for donation. If you want to purchase, just send me a separate email along with the PayPal order. Outside the Americas, same thing. You've also got Western Union or MoneyGram. You have cash. Cash is fine, too. That gets through, and that cuts out the guy with the three chins and little fat fingers and the big diamond ring on his podgy, podgy little finger. But it's up to you how you want to get it to me. And as I say, there's books, DVDs, etc., or donate it's up to you how you want to get it to me. But I need it to keep me going because some days nothing comes in at all here. And this is not a job. It's not something I want to do. Believe you me, I'd be doing something else and raking in the cash and living a good life as the rest of the world goes down. But it's time, and I knew it was time years ago, to come out and at least share the knowledge that I had accumulated over my lifetime to show the people how the world really works and where it's all designed to go. And it is designed. It's not by happenstance. It's not because because conflicting parties are at war. In fact, these parties are all working together through conflict to get to to an ideal um, ending. 
this lovely utopia they've planned with a depopulated planet. But meanwhile, we have to go through the transition phase of a vastly reduced population, and that will take time as well. And while we're getting reduced, we've got to still produce and make the future, build the future, build the cities, build the infrastructure for those that are fittest to survive to go on. That really is the agenda. Because all the Marxists and those who you think are right-wing at the top, the big bankers and all the rest of it, all believe in Darwinianism. They're all Darwinists. And we've all done our job in previous generations by keeping them living in the lifestyle they wanted to, and now we'll have to just build the future for them and then simply die off along the way. Nice and tidy. Uh, now, um, I think that's the music coming in. So what I'll do is uh, I'll mention as well uh, about the CDs for those who don't use a computer uh, and how to get in touch with me back after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just mentioning too that a lot of people get the discs that I of these shows burned and passed to them. And they play them on CD players because they're not too enthralled with computers. And I really don't blame them. I know why they were put out there. We all are beginning to know that now. And we know where it's all supposed to go to, this nice Borg society. And we help them to observe all of us and keep up personality profiles in every single one of us for a predictable society. And all uh, tyrannies have to have predictable societies. Uh, gathering info on citizenry is nothing new, but they've gone all out this time to make sure they have a long-lasting tyranny. So you can get the, uh, in touch with me at Alan Watt, W-A-T-T, Site 41, Box 4, Estair, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. And the postal code is P, as in Peter, the number 3, E, as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N, as in Nora, and the number 1, P3E4N1. It's important, as I say, that you keep me going because everyone else expects everyone else to throw in a few pennies once in a while, and that's because, it, and therefore, it doesn't happen at all. Especially in a system today where, especially the youngsters are taught that everything is free. Uh, there's nothing out there that's free. Everything that's free is put out with a, an ulterior purpose, and I've read them on the air, Facebook, and all the rest of it, what this real true purposes happen to be, collecting all your data, getting a young generation trained that privacy as well. Who needs it? Who needs it? Because we're so civilized now, and our benefactors and overseers are, 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 are so altruistic that they'd never do anything wrong with all this information. So they're training them all to put everything up on the net, and that's why they gave them reality shows and all the rest of it. Everyone can be a star, and children are not too swift at these things. They have no experience of life. Uh, history to them is a vague thing. Movies are more real to them, and therefore they're indoctrinated much more easily. It takes years before you start to wisen up how this world runs. Well, I've mentioned so many times about the, the time was to come according to Lenin, where so many governmental agencies that would start off as services in the West would eventually get built up to semi-official status and then purely official status, and they would be authorities. 
that was part of the health service because pharmacology and science is a, a prime tenant really of Marxist thought that all science should rule supreme over the lives of people and the academics uh, should really run our lives for us and we'll see that happening today Children's Aid really started off as a a, a kind of again non-profit charitable organization that had some uh, credence from government given to it now it's an authority We've had instances in the States where they've gone into places with SWAT teams so much for a nice charitable uh, organization that provides a service. If you want it, now you've got to take it where you like it or not. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I also said, too, in this new eugenical society, uh, you'll be tested for your IQ and all the rest of it and your physical history to see if you're fit to have children. That's already happening, if you don't know it. It's already happening. That's why they've been taking your DNA uh, for 30-odd years in every country across the planet, every so-called first-world country, and checking back on your family histories for mental aberrations and physical uh, hereditary diseases. They don't want you to be... You're not good breeding stock, you see. You could be a burden on this wonderful socialist society, and they don't want that. They want more money left over for wars and plunder and robbing stuff out of other people's ground across the water somewhere. Here's an article here to prove this point. It's it's from Mail Online. You know, the problem, too, is that when it doesn't happen to you directly, uh, you don't think much of it. It's like an aberration, a a weird one-off type thing. You don't realize this is happening every day. And you don't realize, too, that eventually the gun sights will point to you. You'll be in the gun sights of Big Brother on something or other, one of the many things they can get you on. And again, Britain being the flagship of all of this uh, for the whole world, as far as the social agencies goes and authorities go, uh, it always breaks out there first. This is from the Mail Online, and it's from January the 25th. It says, Mother not clever enough to raise child has baby snatched by social workers, after running away to Ireland to give birth. This is the 21st century, and now young couples have to flee. They have to flee their homeland to try and get sanctuary somewhere because government agencies, uh, these wonderful charitable organizations that are backed by SWAT teams, are chasing them because they say you're not bright enough. Well, who defines uh, what's bright enough? Hmm? Hmm? 22nd of January. A couple who fled to Ireland after social workers threatened to remove their baby at birth have had the newborn snatched after all. Kerry Robertson, 17, who has mild, mild learning difficulties. I wonder how many would fit into that already. And Mark McDougall, 25, went on the run after British social services said she was not clever enough to raise a child. But just four days after Ben was born, Irish social workers marched into the maternity ward and forced them to hand him over. They were told they were acting at the behest of their British counterparts because he, under the EU, this wonderful Soviet bloc, uh, all information is shared. And that's how they were caught through information sharing through the medical authorities. The couple from Five Scotland had been in the run for three months. In September, their wedding was halted just 48 hours before the service when social workers claimed Miss Robertson was not bright enough to understand the marriage declaration. Can you believe this? 
Then in November, they were told that her disability meant the baby would be taken away at birth. With Miss Robertson, 29 weeks pregnant, they fled their house in the middle of the night and travelled to Ireland. The child, Ben, was born healthy and weighing pounds three ounces last Friday. Last night, Miss Robertson said, when the Irish social workers said I had to give the baby to them, I felt sick. I don't want to hand him over, and I started crying before, because I couldn't believe what they were saying. I thought I'd misunderstood. She sounds very, very retarded, doesn't she, to you, doesn't she? I had just been breastfeeding him, she said. Just before they took him away, I told Ben I loved him and gave him a kiss. Mr. McDougall added, Kerry let out a dreadful cry when she realized what was happening. It was terrible. She's just in pieces. We believe that the Irish had more traditional values than social workers in the UK. We found a two-bedroom cottage in a beautiful village in Waterford overlooking the sea. Kerry booked herself in with the local general practitioner and at last we began to feel as if we were safe. An anonymous benefactor has been funding the couple after they left home with just £200, and he's even paid for the house. Artist Mr McDougall has also been selling pictures while friends and family have donated clothes, baby gear, and further money. Miss Robertson had been cared for by her grandmother since the age of nine months after her own parents were unable to look after her with her care overseen by five council. She began getting contractions last Friday and the couple went to the local hospital where she gave birth after natural labour. Both of us were overjoyed, said Mr McDougall. Ben was absolutely perfect. But on Tuesday morning, two RA social workers, a man and a woman, came to the hospital and delivered the bombshell. Mr McDougall added, It seems that though Kerry's medical records, although we've been on the run, she has always ensured that she had all the checks and scans on the baby. Five council had been alerted. So if you get a medical checkup somewhere, I told folk this years ago too, uh, they'll find you. Everything's being used. There's nothing private anymore. The social workers said that now Ben was born, Fife, this is the council area, the, the, the shire in Scotland, had put him on the high at risk register and he was subject to a care order, etc., etc. She's also breastfeeding the child, which obviously is very retarded these days, where everybody prefers the scientific uh, poison that you're supposed to feed them at birth. But this is where we're going, going today. And this is happening all over. And what eventually will be the IQ level where they'll allow you to have a child? What level will it be? Huh? You better think about all of this. You better think about all of this. As I said before, you can't fix a broken tower of Babel. It's all held together with paste and glue and band-aid with rotten foundations. You can't fix something like this. It has to crumble. Totally. It's quite something, the world we live in. Quite something. But it makes you wonder if people will ever, ever learn. You know, eugenics is a big part of this whole agenda. And it, it won't go away. It hasn't gone away. Um, we're in big, big trouble. I've read articles before where the big foundations, especially the ones to do with uh, the Rockefellers who started off and put the money up for the eugenics experiments in the United States of America where they had forced ab- abortion, forced sterilization on those they declared was, were medically unfit. They also had it down that uh, chronic unemployment was uh, also a sign of retardation and therefore you'd be sterilized. 
no courts ordered, nothing, just just uh, in front of some kind of judge, no no jury, nothing, and bang, in you go, and they snip away, and that's you for life, no apologies. And state after state used this, and um, it's just an absolute mess because it lasted for up until the 1970s. Now they want to bring it all. Actually, when you think about it, they have brought it all back. But they did it in a scientific way. They convinced the public to get it themselves. That's that's how they did it. They convinced the public to get it done themselves. Don't you want a vasectomy? Don't you want a tubal ligation? We'll do it for you. It's on the National Health Service. Back with more after this break. Just don't want an appendicitis, that's all. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. As I say, this whole thing is to do with information gathering that we're going through this period. Something that Zygmunt Brzezinski talked about back in the 70s, I think 1970, when he brought out one of his books, uh, Between Two Ages. But in that book, he outlines how all these different factions, all the different conflicting parties were were causing a movement, and through their conflict, they would bring out this new system. We've heard of trend reports and stuff like that. Well, he goes into all these trend reports. That's to make you think that um, that really uh, everything is by chance, that these are all legitimate groups all battling each other for power and to bring in the system that each one of them thinks should dominate the rest of us. But nothing is further from the truth again, because since, after all, there's always a dominant minority, as the Huxleys both said, uh, then therefore the dominant minority are well aware of the different conflicting parties, even when they're, they're embryonic and they want to start up and take over. They could nip them in the bud before they even started, each one of them. They want all the different parties there. They want the Marxist parties and so on. They want all of them there. And through it all, through this strange uh, uh, use of nature, as they like to call it, where they use the old, old esoteric terms of how conflict brings change, as as autumn is battling with winter, and then winter comes in, and then winter battles with spring, and then it comes in. That's how they used to word it. Now they simply call it the dialectical process, where conflicting parties... Uh, generally opposed head-on with diametrically opposed opinions uh, clash and out of it comes a kind of compromise and so you have a third way and sometimes they even call it the third way when they're talking amongst themselves at these big meetings but he came out with all of this stuff and where it was supposed to go Uh, it's interesting too as I say when you think that these people the pinnacle of, of the advisory committees for nations like the United States it's interesting to see that they, they never ever uh, put down or, 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 or throw Marxist uh, theology out the window. It is a theology. They all use it. They believe it is a necessary part of progression of society, since, again, they do believe uh, that we're going through some kind of progressive system all the time. 
to me is different. I see as uh, adapting to scientific items that are put out into the public arena. That's more like it. And even those items are, you might call it censored as well. We don't get everything that we could be given uh, and could be made available to the general public. Everything that's given to us is, is completely vetted uh, so that we can't run away with power away from the controllers. And that also includes the computer and the Internet. And that's always been like that, too, for everything in every age, every society. You're, all, you're always given only what they want you to have, and generally is to serve those at the top. But people should go through books like Brzezinski. You've got to go through them. And I know it's dry, and I know it's boring, and often repetitive as they go over the same things again. But always take note when they go on about their trend reports. What they're really telling you is this is their agenda. This is where they want to go. As I say, these trends could be nipped in the bud at the start. And if there's any danger to a ruling elite, they would be nipped in the bud at, at the start. There isn't an organization that, that starts up that cannot be penetrated, uh, taken over, and then go, taken off into a different direction. I've seen that my whole life long with grassroots movements, the startup. But they allow the big ones, the big ones, the Marxist types to keep going. You've got to ask why. Why is that? Why is Marxism so important? Marxism too, I should really say, um, always run through deception because they knew uh, that they had to get out there into mainstream media uh, but they could never come out and say we're, we're Marxist. They immediately switched people's minds off from them. So what they'd do is they start up organizations and even the foundations and start to distribute information to those foundations uh, along popular topics and generally with the intent of, of hammering at the system as it stood at that time. Sometimes they would have inside information and therefore they become a big grabber, you call it a grabber. So when stuff is sent to you from them, you'll say that's, that's good stuff and you don't think beyond that. You don't know they're even Marxist. There's a big one out there handing stuff out to all the patriot movements and they haven't a clue. But the guy that runs it belongs to World International Marxist Associations and talks at their international meetings. This article here is from the UK column. Uh, it's quite a good uh, site to go into, the UK column, because they go into how the changes are being uh, fraught or, or brought about in Britain by big movements, well-funded foundations, and how they're so well-organized once again, and they've, they've gone through the military, the police, they've got members in all these different departments at the top, which is illegal, by the way, because you're not supposed to bring in the top military and so on uh, into these private foundations that are, that are down for policy-making. They will talk about things like um, um, the Common Purpose uh, organization that came out of nowhere, heavily funded, in with all the politicians, and they have members in top military, uh, and they have the members in governments, and so on, for a completely integrated Marxist-type Europe. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and we're cutting through the matrix. Uh, talking about a, a column, it's called the UK Column. It does a good job on showing up the big players that work openly, but still partly covertly as well, because they're very secretive about what they're up to. But their job, part of the job of the of the um, of the movements that Brian Gerrish talks about, for instance, part of the job of these movements, like like um, uh, the one I just mentioned before the break here. I've got freezing computers here, so that's why I'm thinking in three directions at the same time. But anyway, common purpose is the thing. It was that uh, common purpose is so heavily funded, and no one will say where all the cash comes from. Although they do get grants from government as well. So the government's giving grants to an organization bent on destroying the last vestige of a national country, a national unification of countries called the UK, and be totally, to totally submerge it completely within the UK and to pick young children at school and, and train them to be the future leaders. This sounds very much like the ideals of Marxism. Very much like that. But it says here, as I say, this article here, British democracy on a knife. EU Marxists penetrate Westminster. While British troops die and are maimed in the wastes of Afghanistan, supposedly protecting their families and country from international terrorists, the very people who created the worldwide terror program are hauling out democracy at home. Marxists have penetrated the EU and Westminster. And that's true. They're as full of them and they're building a dictatorship in Britain and in Europe. Further critical evidence of Marxist penetration of European Union is emerging. A string of communist placemen, all associated with oppressive regimes, are being exposed within the EU Commission, working with well-informed Russian dissidents with access to Kremlin and the old KGB records. Uh, Gerard Batten, the UKIP member of European Parliament, has recently bravely challenged the EU to remove this malign influence. His words, of course, will fall on deaf ears since the EU is itself a creation of Fabian Marxism. And that's the truth, folks. Uh, the Royal Institute of International Affairs was full of uh, international bankers who were also believers in the Marxist theology. Yep, you think they're not compatible? No, they're absolutely compatible. A controlled world run by intelligentsia, uh, a managed monetary system to, to control the public. And I've gone through the history of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations and all their different um, offspring that work with them, such as the Fabian Society. They created the European Union. It says, a slow-sleeping ideological cancer that has now spread within the Western world, including the UK. It is coupled to Marxist and other communists now blatantly visible within Westminster, that's British government. We ignore uh, the spread of cancer at our peril. While many still believe the EU is democratic with a free vote in the European Parliament, the truth is that a secretive and powerful commission drives the agenda for the creation of a massive European superstate. They call it the bloc, just like the Soviet bloc, the European bloc. This body is anything but democratic. In fact, the European Commission acts as a powerful secretive executive of the European Union with 27 commissioners. It's like commissars, commissioners as a commissar. It is responsible for proposing legislation, implementing decisions, upholding the Union's treaties and the general day-to-day ruling of the Union. 
Only those who have lived through the Cold War communism, both in the Soviet Union and East Germany, for example, can appreciate the fear and oppression. Secret police, hidden gulag, prison camps, arrests, spies, mistrust amongst neighbors, propaganda, and a life of serving the state. That's what we've got right now. Have you noticed that? I hope you realize this is the same thing. Under the guise of terrorism. Under the guise of terrorism. And what was it that, that, that they used to in the Soviet Union once the coup had taken place and the Bolsheviks took over and ran it for all those years? Oh, there were terrorists within. There were anti-revolutionaries, counter-revolutionaries and terrorists. Same stuff. And paid spies all over the place, even children. And here we are reading the same stuff happening all over Europe and the States and people can't connect the dots. Ah. Uh, Incredible. So I'll put these links up on my site at the end of the show for those that want to look into it. Cuttingthroughthematrix.com If the ExploreNet awful satellite company will give me the speed to upload, it takes me a day now to upload just this one-hour show to the sites. And again, that's intentional, and they don't even bother acknowledging me anymore. They wish I'd just go away. They still take the cash, though, that I pay them for the high speed that I've never had. Now, we'll go to the callers now, and there's there's Matt from Ohio. Are you there, Matt? Hi, I'm here, Alan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi, Alan. Great to speak to you. I really admire what you're doing. Um, yeah, I, I used to live in, uh, in Ontario, in Lindsay, Ontario. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I come to the States about four years ago, and just I'm just blown away with what's going on. I, I just never realized... And to hear that, um, to hear that somebody so influential like yourself, you know, used to live way up there. It's 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 just it's great to know that uh, what you're doing is is just uh, helping everyone. Uh, I'd just like to say, I was watching um, the movie Surrogates, uh-huh. and by Bruce Willis, it came out about a year ago, and and I've been listening to what you've been saying about Pluto or Plato and the, um, his, the beehive. Mm-hmm. And I did notice um, that uh, a clip in the film, it, um, it's a futuristic movie, and it's, it singles out a, a scene, and it says um, bee, and it keeps saying bee, and in the background of this futuristic um, advertisement, it has uh, the honeycombed shapes, and I, I don't know if that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's um, related, but I just found that interesting in hearing what you've been saying about uh, the beehive mentality mm-hmm. and uh, how we are shaped like uh, like a hive. Yes, you find you find too that even Napoleon wrote about it. In fact, when Napoleon took his boys off to Egypt uh, on, on a jaunt between wars, uh, he went through different tombs of Egypt and opened up the one of the pyramids. And uh, he found in a t- one of the tombs around the pyramids, near the pyramids, um, someone who had been buried with a lot of golden, solid gold bees on on the, the mummy. And he took the bees and had it uh, made into, uh, put on his cape. And he, he made that the symbol of his army was the beehive. And he believed that was a perfect system to run the whole world. So you're quite right, yeah. Doesn't the Pope um, wear uh, something similar on his head, a crown? It's a, like a hive? Yes, there is a, the, the tri, the tiered hat there. There's three tiers on it, and it symbolizes a beehive. Yeah. I just think that's amazing that uh, that that shows a connection to the to the ancient. 
mm-hmm. and how it's it's um, come up all these years. I think. I mean, amazing. It is, and even in ancient Egypt too, they they kept the bees that they, they were kind of they were kept by the monks, and uh, that was a, a symbol of Cleopatra as well, uh, the beehive and the queen at the top. Everybody serves the queen. That was your purpose, and. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very ancient symbol, uh, as I say, the beehive for the perfect society. Remember, too, when a bee gets kind of older at a certain age, they kill it off and it's replaced by a new one. Nothing is wasted. The, 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 one, the control freaks today love that system. That's why they're bringing in euthanasia booths and all the rest of it for the elderly. Yeah. Okay, Alan, I really thank you what you're doing, and uh, I'm going to be sure to donate to you as, as much as I can. Uh, thanks for job. calling. Thanks for calling. And uh, there's Cullen from California. Are you there, Cullen? Oh, yes. Hi, Alan. Yes. Oh, okay. Hi. Sorry, my uh, my phone's not working too well. Anyway, uh, I'm 20 years old, and I'm from California, and I would just like to let you know that uh, a few of us out here listening to you, I'm trying to get as many people as I can to uh, open up. Um, here in Southern California, we're having a lot of problems. People are not awake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are surveillance cameras on nearly every corner, uh, of my community, and, and I actually uh, went on a bike ride not too long ago, and I was taking pictures, uh, you know, kind of counter-surveillance, trying to, to to show everyone that, you know, that this is bad, and, 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 you know, no one's really waking up to it. I wanted to get your, your, your two cents on that, uh, about the surveillance cameras. It's astonishing, again, that people can adapt to anything. Remember what Skinner said, if you want to change the behavior of people, you put something in their environment, uh, and that will alter their behavior, the very knowledge that's there. Uh, and people are adapting to these cameras because of all the hoopla and security, terrorism, etc. But I've been re- keeping up on the articles in California. You're quite re- I've even read a couple of them about a month ago uh, where they were putting them up big time in a couple of areas there. And what happens when you're on camera? Your behavior does change. They found out uh, this out in Britain too, and the guys who put them in you beforehand, of course, but uh, you, you're never as spontaneous. You won't have a, a carry-on with your pals, for instance, knowing you're on camera, uh, and it, you tend to watch your expressions, etc. It's the same in a scientific survey of something. They'll say that the, that which is under the experiment under the microscope is diff- behaves differently uh, than when it's not under the microscope. Uh, well, we are exactly the same, and it alters your behavior. And the Soviet system is exactly the same. It takes away spontaneity. Uh, and what we used to say, gaiety, when it had a natural uh, meaning. And um, uh, you can't be so, so spontaneous. You become uh, uh, fixed, uh, rigid. You try to look mature, somber. Uh, eventually, like George Orwell said in his own book, 1984, you watch every expression on your face because those that watch it were, were looking for various uh, uh, signs of aggression, anger, pent-up frustration, and they'll pull you in. That's not a joke because they're actually using this technique throughout the airports. They're training people to look for all these little sim- uh, symptoms that you have. Uh, and uh, it's, they're creating a hell on earth is what they're doing with it. And once we get used to all the cameras, uh, then they start doing what they did in Britain. They'll, they'll put them in your streets. And next thing you know, they're putting them uh, looking in your window. And then in some of the houses, they start putting them inside the houses and watching the people themselves. They're actually doing this throughout places like the U.K., it's astonishing. But uh, California itself uh, has had more propaganda pumped into it, the, the place of the good time where everything's fantastic and the, weather's, the weather is easy, 
um, they've got a harder time to realize the system truly is changing, uh, not for the better. There'll still be a lot of money in some areas, and as long as there's that kind of money in certain areas, um, they'll pretend that things will get back to normal eventually. And I've had people in Beverly Hills contact me and say the same thing, um, that so many people think and, and hope that somehow they're, they're going to revert back to a previous time, maybe 20 a year ago, 30, maybe the 70s era, where things were just hopping in goods and let the good times roll. And, and that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They've declared bankruptcy again. Uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, when he was over to talk to the military over in the, in the, in the east, uh, wants to bring back military-type army swap teams for California because there's so many groups now, rival groups, well-organized, organized gangsterism in California. There are a lot of Russians once moved in from Russia too, uh, and they're all vying for power with the Latinos and so on, organized crime. And it's a, it, could, it could be a powder keg in the near future, and they know what's going to happen. Personally, I think it's been set up this way. Uh, I, I, the same thing with Britain. Uh, if you don't want uh, uh, to lose your, your way of life, your culture, uh, where you have a lot of freedoms, then bring in other cultures that don't appreciate them. Put them all together uh, and watch, watch the, the fun times roll, because it will happen. And, and they've, they've done this across the world to, to destroy nationalism everywhere, which is a prime tenet of this whole global order. Uh, thanks for calling, though. And there's, um, there's Maggie from Texas. Are you there, Maggie? Hi, Alan. Um, yes. Earlier this evening, you spoke of a, a large group that has infiltrated just about all of the uh, patriot groups, uh, led by a man who belonged to... Uh, one of these New World Order um, organizations or more, I don't remember what you said. Anyway, of course, I'm dying of curiosity. Can you please name it? I'll tell you, to be honest with you, if I named it, uh, hell would break out right now. Absolute hell. You can call me personally, yeah, and I'll, I'll let you know. I'll call you personally, or how do I do that? Uh, in fact, email me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because th- this person has, has d- dished out so much stuff to the Patriot organizations. They've all got lists. Some of them have even got lists of their, their different um, talks or, or their exposés up on their websites, and, and they haven't got a clue uh, beyond the, the guy's credentials what he actually is. Okay, um, yeah. All right, uh, thank you for that information. My other question, very quickly, you've been talking about Euthanasia booths, have these already been set up, and are they, uh, if so, where, or where do you think they'll first appear, and are they voluntary, are they supposed to Well, what, what it is, and it's part of a propaganda campaign with the various groups, there's a whole bunch of them got together now for this, they call it a Dying with Dignity and various other names, but one of the, the main authors came out with a book, I mentioned it, I think, earlier, maybe late last week I mentioned the name of the book, and in the book, he advise, he wants eventually these booths to be set up in street corners where the elderly and pensioners can just say, well, I've had enough of life, I'll go and finish it, you know, just like Soylent Green. Wow, like Soylent Green, yeah. And, of course, this is to raise what they, what they call public consciousness and awareness and also to get the politicians yapping about it so they'll go forward with, with this. They're already, it's a big battle right now in Britain as they're introducing legalized euthanasia and... Um, 
Now, the whole thing with euthanasia, to be honest with you, all done through the ages, family members have helped people who are really suffering and really in awful pain uh, end their lives the way that the person wanted to. That's how things must be left. If you put anything like this in the hands of governments that has political agendas uh, and it has an economic agenda as well, uh, you, you can't do it. Uh, they'll, take, they'll go further, as they're always doing, further and further until they're euthanizing people for no reason whatsoever, other than they're recently retired. And I'm not kidding about that. You know, uh, that's how far they will go. Um, if you want to be classed as a burden on society down the roads, you're going to be eliminated, eliminated just like the Nazi regime did in Germany uh, under their various hygiene laws. Uh, they, they brought in one for, the, for, for those who uh, were, were crippled, etc., etc. And uh, they had hygiene teams that went around different places and literally euthanized them from, from place to place to place. That's what's going to come in because life is being devalued at such a rate right now by design uh, and people are falling for it as well. No one should really live in pain. There's no need for anyone to die in pain whatsoever. The medications are out there. You hear this ridiculous stuff over and over again. Well, we don't want to give them opium or, or morphine or something because uh, they might get addicted. Well, they know the poor characters maybe got four days to live. Uh, uh, who cares if it gets addicted in four days? It's utterly ridiculous. But uh, this is what they're coming down to. They want you to bring in, to bring in eventually these uh, exit booths, as I call them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And we'll go to Steve from Connecticut. Are you there, Steve? Hello? Yes. Yes, kind of kind of low there on the frequency. Yes. Uh, anyway, I want to thank you for your uh, your December 25th show there. That was really good. Uh-huh. When you went into the studio there and did that song, that was pretty cool. And you had a lot of good things to say about Christianity there. Uh my main question to you, well, for that, uh, last week you were talking about, uh, the origins of the word villain. Mm-hmm. As it relates to the word surf. Yeah. I was wondering if you could go into that into a little more detail. Yeah, well, as I say, the, the nobility used to call anybody who was a serf, uh, a serf was, a, was one description of, of their place in life. Uh, a villain. Uh, was what they were also called because you couldn't trust a serf, so they called them uh, villains. And you heard about villainy. Villainy is uh, is something which a person does who's always up to no good, in other words. And that's why they called them also villains as well. They had no virtue in them, as they called it, um, because they were simple peasants that were uneducated, illiterate, and base. Because in those days, too, the nobility truly believed and in fact, they still do believe uh, that um, intellect and the, the higher qualities of life uh, as a good citizen are, are come through breeding. And if it's lacking at the start in the base population, then they are base themselves. This is this is really blatant class distinction in the early times. It was very overt, and they didn't hide it in any way whatsoever, you know. 
have a question on uh, as far as the, the dialectic you talk talk about a lot. Uh, yes. Do you think uh, dialectic groups are secretly joining forces, or do you think they're genuinely uh, separately believing and furthering their own agenda? You have to look at every particular group, for instance, and understand how it works. The, or, the truly organized groups, uh, such as Marxism, Marxism taught three different uh, understandings of Marxism uh, to its members. There was the the bottom level for the, the followers, the ones that would be the, the low-level workers. Then there was another meaning for the middle management group. And then, of course, they had the higher agenda for the top group, and each one was completely pretty well different. Um, now, the, the, a lot of these organized groups work the same way. Uh, you'll find they don't believe in telling all their followers the true goals of their aims. You need numbers to get forward and approved and accepted by the public, the numbers racket. But really, all these different groups need each other to oppose. You understand? That's how the dialectic works. If you don't have opposition, you're you're just a a voice yelling uh, or complaining about things, and no one can understand what you're on about. You actually need an enemy, an opposing group. How can opposition between two uh, different, uh, you know, forces or beliefs not exist? Well, if you're to look at some of the more modern um, political correct movements that are out there, and what they'll call, always say that under this philosophy that all minorities must come to the top and eventually rule over. Well, basically we're getting run by minorities of all kinds and descriptions, and we're almost at the stage where we're running out of minority groups to put up there uh, until it gets more and more ridiculous, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, this is how the farce of it all. So um, it's an ongoing process, plus they get well-funded. Without an opposition, they ain't, there's no funding coming in. But from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, that's the music coming in. It's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.